you've ever used a web app or an app on your phone and it didn't work the way that you wanted it or it didn't work right, it's probably because there's a bug. And a bug is basically a flawed bit of code that's causing it to malfunction or uh, leaves it vulnerable to be exploited by attackers. A, an example of a really big bug was when PayPal accidentally credited a man 92 quadrillion dollars. Um, so you can see that it can be very costly. And the way that you kind of uh, try to minimize that um, is through a lot of testing, 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 right? There are like small tests or big tests, all kinds of tests, testing pipelines. Uh, you want to do that because when the product or the release of a version of that product gets to the customer, uh, you know that you have, they have something stable in their hands. It's not going to cause them problems like data breaches and hacks. Why do I use this analogy? Why do I use this? Uh, using it because March 2020, till now, July 2020, it has felt like a very, very intense period of testing. And it feels to me almost like the period of testing that you have right before a really big release. And I bring that up because Paul mentions in the book of Philippians, right here in chapter 1, 6, chapter 1, verse 10, and chapter 2, verse 16, he brings up this phrase, day of Christ. And day of Christ uh, has always been known to Christians as this day of judgment, a day of reckoning, a day of seeing into your heart what's really there. And He's, he always, in, in reference to this day, tells the church, tells his people, his friends, he's like, guys, I really, really, my, my, one, of my, one of my goals is so that when that day comes, you would be righteous and blameless, that you'd be spotless and pure, that you'd be able to stand on that day. The release date of the church. And... If you want to speak in these terms, right? Day of Christ is a release day and debugging stuff and flaws in the code, then we've got to look at what is Paul trying to address? What issue is Paul trying to address in chapter 2? One that we just read. And the big issue is division or uh, disunity. And he's saying that this is a huge flaw and this is something that needs to be ironed out. Right? in preparation for that day. And that now is the time to fix it. But how? How do you even approach this problem? Um, Paul gives out some, some ideas, and he gives out some encouragement, but maybe there's not like an outline, right? There's not like a step-by-step -step guide to how to fix division. And I'm not here to say that I have the answers either, but there's a few things that we can learn from this text. And the way that we're going to get to it is, uh, there are two points that I'm going to take from uh, something that's vintage. Uh, if you guys are more mature in age, like myself, you remember cassette tapes and cassette tape players. And cassette tapes, uh, if you ever read like a, or listened to an audiobook on a cassette tape, at the very end it says, please turn to side B. So you'd have to take your cassette out and then flip it to side B. And then shut the, shut the door and then press play. Uh, and so those are the two points. Flip the tape, flip to side B, and press play. Not fast forward, not fast forward, 
and play at the same time, where you get to hear it like the chipmunks. Um, but just flip to side B and press play. So flip to side B. Um, recently, been enjoying this uh, show on the History Channel called Alone, and uh, this series uh, takes ten contestants, gives each of those ten ten items, and drops them off in different places in a particular region. And uh, if you're able to survive, you're the last person standing. You haven't dropped out of the the, the race uh, of survival. Uh, you get to win five hundred thousand dollars. And the, the reason why this is so fun is because you get to see like what's inside of people, like how they deal with pressure, how they solve problems. And for me, that's that's fun, right? But another interesting thing about this is how the contestants, especially the ones that have stayed the longest, tend to stay in touch. And they feel like nobody else, and this has been said in, in, in a couple of episodes, where nobody else uh, can really understand what they've been through except the other contestants. Even though they weren't together, they knew that in parallel they were experiencing the same hardships and the same struggles. And that brings them together. And in, 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 a, in, a, in a beautiful way, Paul is saying the same thing, right? Chapter 2, starting in verse 1, he says, If any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, in, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being, being one in spirit, and one of mind, of one mind. Paul saying, hey, we have a lot that we share, and these things that we share are more important than the things that divide us. And if there's anything that you share, hold on to that, and make that the thing that unites you. And that thing, that person is Jesus Christ, and what he did for us. And so, like, if you've ever met a Christian from the other side of the world, and, and they've told you their testimony, and you see their faith and the way that they worship, I don't know about you, but for me, it makes me love them immediately. I know them for a day, and I'm like, man, like, you're my brother, you're my sister, right? And immediately there's, there's unity there. And what comes from my heart, the quote that kind of spills out of my heart in those moments is, man, like, there's nothing that can make me stop loving you, you know? Even if you're struggling, I, I want to I love on you. The thing is, in our world, in our modern world, and in pop culture, I don't know if you guys are fans of the, the K-pop group, BTS, but they, they have a song that has this quote, you can't stop me from loving myself. And I, I don't mean to knock it, but I want to say that nothing could be more opposite of what the gospel teaches us about what fulfills us. Because when I love another, I love myself in a way that I could never love myself. When I love another, I like myself better. I like life better. I mean, if you've ever been in love, but you just feel like you're constantly like on this high. And But when I love myself, and when I'm doing things only for myself, it's, it's good, but it's just instant. And it's doesn't grow further than than just this, just me. It feels, and it can fester into like an ingrown hair, right? Or an infinite loop, just looping upon itself. But the gospel teaches us 
that true love is transitive. It goes from me to you, to them. The solution here is to take that bug and that flaw of thinking and flip to side B, to the side of the gospel. Another way of saying this is, <clears throat> if, you if you read Philippians uh, 121, Philippians 121 is like the thesis for the way Paul is trying to bring all of this out. And he's saying, for me, for Paul, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That means when I'm living, I want to live like Christ. I want to be with Him. I want to be like Him. When I die, that's when the gain happens. You know, I'm not looking for that in this world. But the problem is, in our world today, the way that we think, the way that we live, is more like to live is gain and to die is Christ. You know, in this life I'm going to gain, and when I die, that's when I'll meet Christ. That's when all things will be, you know, heavenly and whatever. But Paul's like, no, nothing could be further from the truth. If you live that way, you're living with a very, very, um, very big flaw in your theology, in your thinking, in your believing. And if you live that way, the enemy, the attacker, will always be able to exploit that and continue to exploit that and break you down. And unless you fix it. So flipping aside B means the understanding that the kingdom of God is upside down. It's, it's so different from the way that we think and the way that we live. It's, it's about changing your mind. Two is press play. The first is about changing our mindset. The second is about living it. Pressing play and not fast forward, that's important. A lot of us, either we flip to, flip to the other side and we just kind of do nothing, or we, fast, we want to fast forward. There is no fast forward. The only way to read the book, the only way to listen to the songs is to press play. And that's how you debug the system. That's how you rid it of flaws. If you don't play, you don't experience. Think about the show that I brought up, the History Channel show, alone. Let's say I'm a fan. A fan is very different from a contestant, right? I can watch the show a thousand times, but it's nothing like actually being there. And that's why if I went to one of the, the contestants who was like, man, I saw you and I, I really am a big fan, whatever, uh, you'd be like, great, that's awesome. But so what? Now, at the end of the day, we didn't really share that experience together. Being a contestant is worlds different from being a fan. And so I want to say this. <clears throat> Pardon me. Consistently allow worldly values and worldly things to divide you from other believers, if you allow those things to separate you, then it might be a sign either it's been a really long time since you've pressed play, or maybe you have never played, pressed play. Maybe you never were a contestant. Because if you were, if I was, how could we, how could we let anything divide us? Pressing play means taking the time to get to that place. And the reason why I, I believe it's a process is because, again, the day of Christ. And Paul trying to prepare us for that day, trying to prepare the church of Philippi for that day. And he's starting early. And he's saying, hey, this is why I'm saying all this, so that you're ready. 
And this is why I'm saying it so early, because it's a process. I don't know if you've ever tried to learn anything new, but if it's hard, it takes time. Uh, especially if you're older, like me, right? It takes time to learn. And nothing illustrates this better than Jesus' parable of the ten virgins. In his parable, it's a short story about the kingdom <clears throat> and, and God and Christ's coming. And he's saying there were ten virgins. Five of them were ready and prepared. Five of them were not. The ones who were ready had extra oil. The ones who were not didn't have enough oil. So they were waiting and they were falling asleep. And then the bridegroom, uh, and this is some kind of, you know, this is some part of their culture of, of like shouting in the night, saying the bridegroom is ready, come on to the party. Uh, the, the virgins were going, these ladies were going, five of them had enough oil because they brought enough for the night and for the journey ahead. But five of them were like, man, we didn't bring enough, can we borrow some of yours? And, and the five who were ready, prepared, said, sorry, we can't, just go back to the market, get some, and then we'll meet you there. The five who were not ready went to the market, got some, but, but the time they got to the door, the door was shut, and the party was already started, and they were like, no more people can come in. And Jesus was trying to teach that being ready of character, in character, in your spirit, being ready with the heart of forgiveness and love and of unity, all that stuff takes time. It's not something you can fast forward. It's not something you can get from somebody else. Right? It's not something you can give even. It's something that each one of us has to choose to go through. And we have to choose that path every day. It's a decision. It's a decision to say, instead of, you can't, you can't stop me from loving me, you can't stop me from doing my, my thing and whatever I want, it's, you can't stop me from loving and forgiving you and pursuing you even if you're struggling. It's instead of saying, man, all life is about gain, and when I die, that's when I'll meet Christ. Instead of saying that, it's saying, my life is really about Christ. And when I die, that's when I'll, whatever gain I have, that's when I'll get it. But, but now it's about Christ. It's about the church. It's about doing his mission. It's about me trying to follow his will for my life. Right? Pressing play is about being a contestant and not a spectator. And now is the time. I believe you know, all that we've been through with the pandemic, with racial injustices, with protests, with a, a, an economy that's, that's rocky. In this really tough time, the temptation is, man, I'm just going to do me. That's the time you got to do the opposite, right? Now is the time. There's no better time than now. Now is the time of testing. And when you see those flaws, go after them. Right? Make those decisions. Take those risks. Risk for the gospel. So that you and I, we can all be ready, stable, and blameless on the day of Christ. You, if you would, I'd like to invite you to bow your heads in prayer with me. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for your word. And I thank you that you encourage us 
and that you help us to be prepared. You haven't left us alone to do things on our own, but you've given us your Son, Jesus Christ, and you've given us your very presence in the Holy Spirit. And Father, for that we love you and we thank you. And God, for this time, Lord God, this time of testing, this time of struggle, Lord, may you empower us to overcome it. May you give us the wisdom to know how to solve the problems in our lives, Lord God. How to solve uh, and, and solve for these bugs, if you will. And Lord, I pray that each one of us would make those decisions to be united and not divided. To look past our differences and to see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in each person. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. We trust you. In all these things we pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ.